Welcome to Breaking Down the Buzz, the podcast where we explore the thrilling world of tech industry leaders. From AI to the latest trends, we cut through the noise and decode the tech buzz and share our collective insights and insider knowledge. everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'm excited to chat with a special guest, Paul Brooks. Paul is currently the department chair for the Information Systems Program at VCU. I've had the opportunity to work closely with Paul as the board chair of the advisory committee for the VCU IS program, and I can tell you he's a remarkable leader in our field. Besides shaping the minds of future IT pros, Paul loves to unwind hitting the streets of Richmond for a run or a bike ride. And today, we'll get to know more about Paul's journey in the ever-evolving world of information systems, as well as his plans for the IS program. You'll also hear details about the planned Center for Analytics and Emerging Technologies. So grab your favorite drink, and let's get started with Paul Brooks. All right, Paul, well, thank you for joining us. We're super excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah. Um, So wanted to chat with you about a lot of things, but first, tell us about how you got into IS and how on earth did you become a professor? Because how did I get here? It's been a long journey. I um, I started at VCU in the statistics and operations research department. Uh, operations research is my background, and uh, about ten years ago, Steve Custer made this move, this kind of school wide move to create a new analytics program, and had this um, amazing vision that he brought to reality. Uh, back in about 2015. So we just started our 10th class. And with that, I started teaching in the School of Business. uh, And I really liked working with external partners. And um, it made more sense to the School of Business than it did to my previous school. Um, And then uh, I got to know a lot of the IS faculty through the analytics program. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity came a couple years ago to become chair of the department. And that's when I stepped up into it. And that's when we met. That's when we met, yes. Yes, yes. It's been a fun ride. It has. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a very important question, and I am going old school with paper. How does the VCU program rank in terms of research? Oh, of we course. talk about this all the time. Yeah. We are top 50 as that's of right. this year. Uh, so two years ago, we were number 66. We went up to 56, and now we're 46 this year. And I anticipate we will go even higher next year. I have no doubt. <laughs> this is based on publication in top-tier information systems journals. So it's based on the quality of the research that our, our faculty are producing. And uh, that's been one of the f- most fun things about this job is just being able to brag about the faculty. I mean, there's so much great things going on. Uh, they just need a little bit of organization and a cheerleader, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not that VCU is just saying they're top 50. You there's empirical evidence oh, there that is. you are absolutely <laughs> top 50. And I will say that at every board meeting, it's noted, <laughs> top 50, here we are. Um, so tell us a little bit about the information systems degrees that are available at VCU. Sure. So we have degree programs at every level. We have a BS in information systems. We have a master's in IS. Uh, we have a PhD in business with a concentration in IS. We also have a post-baccalaureate certificate in information systems, which, which is for people who have a bachelor's degree in another discipline and want to maybe change careers. Ah, okay. And do kind of a bridge to the master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got all levels. Uh, we've got over 300 undergraduate majors. Our wow. master's program is at about 70 students. And we have about a dozen PhD students. Those are all pretty big um, in terms of uh, 
based on school business programs. Yeah, I guess I, even as involved as I am with VCU, <laughs> didn't realize there were that many students in those programs. I yeah. don't know how I missed that. And growing. <laughs> that's great. That's absolutely, that's great. Um, so there are a lot of trends in information systems. You know, there's there's digital there's digital transformation, there's AI. How do you see the IS program adapting to all of these changes? Sure. So we are continually um, updating our curriculum. Uh, we just had a went through a pretty rigorous review of our undergraduate curriculum. Uh, in the past couple of years, we updated our infrastructure course to focus more on cloud infrastructure. Uh, okay. um, students, we, we actually, we pay for students to take an AWS cloud practitioner uh, certification at the end. Um, so we do this kind of review periodically, top to bottom. Uh, and obviously there's been a, a great disruption with generative AI. And, yeah. uh, and it's an exciting time to be in an IS department. I think it uh, impacts us as much as <clears throat> impacts everyone across campus. But really, it's an exciting thing for IS. Uh, I think of us as the we're developing the bridge builders between functional business areas and IT. Right. And in that sense, generative AI provides um, opportunities for um for pe more people to be involved with AI and understand what it is. I think it'll be synonymous with what AI is going forward oh, because it's so accessible yeah. now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I I was just watching an interview with a professor at Wharton who was saying that, and you may be experiencing this also, that they know their students are using tools like ChatGPT and Grammarly, and, and there's no real way to stop that. <laughs> So what they have decided to do, and I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, is to say, we know you're using it, and therefore we're going to change the classes a little bit to recognize sure. that you're using it and and maybe make them not harder but more in-depth. Oh, Are you seeing that? Not only that, we're requiring students to use it. I mean, we really? don't want students to, be, to go out and interview for a job and not know how to use generative AI to... Um, to do their jobs better. Um, so we're requiring it. it. It has totally disrupted the classroom experience. I'm sure. We're, um, yeah. I'm running up and down the halls, exchanging ideas with faculty, reading articles, trying to figure out what's the new product, what product does this, what product does that. Um, and, uh, and, and we've come to the realization students need help knowing how to use it as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, you know, I, we say... We've been teaching students how to Google for the past 10 years. Um, well, now we need to teach students how to use AI and where, the, where those resources are. Basically, get on that first rung of technology because mm -hmm. it's going to continue to change. Um, but get on that first rung and get in that mindset of continuous learning and continuous curiosity about how these things work. Yeah, and as an employer, I would say that if I'm hiring someone out of the university, which we, we do all the time, if they don't come to us with those skills at this point, I would be disappointed for sure. You know, I, I say to my staff all the time, you know, go use ChatGPT. It's okay. You know, yeah. it, it's absolutely okay. If it allows you to do not better quality work, but maybe speed up your productivity, why wouldn't we do that? Sure. Right? You know, so. So, so I'm, I, I I'm think, yeah, there's two things. I mean, it's, it's coming into every classroom. I mean, it affects everything that we already teach, right? Right. Not just us, it's across campus. Um, but also I think in IS, there's a particular niche 
uh, that that we need to pursue and we will be, and that is this notion of of taking AI products and connecting them together, building APIs. Yeah, and that's that's I think a particular um, niche for information systems to fill, right? To build yeah. new products by creatively putting AI products together. Right, right. It would be interesting to to try and be working through that because those AI products are changing so quickly. Number one, and what they can do every week, we hear about some new amazing thing um but there's new ones popping up every week also and and i feel like that's that's the role of our discipline is to kind of manage that change right right specify these requirements um and be this continuing monitoring and evaluation of these systems and keep them updated yeah we tell our employees a really good employee here is someone that doesn't necessarily know everything because you can't, but is willing to take a problem, and in our case it's a business problem, look at what technology is available to them and figure out how to use that technology. And they may never have touched it before. So, you know, what, what you're doing is great because that's what we need in the IS field. That's certainly what we need. Right. So, great. Good to hear that. So, tell me about the Center for Analytics and Emerging Technologies. This is something super <laughs> exciting. It's uh, it's brand new this fall. It, it's coming with our new uh, our school business new strategic plan. Uh, the Center for Analytics and Emerging Technologies is um, it's got a foundation in analytics, as the name implies, but also um, recognize the importance of emerging technologies like AI, cybersecurity, and blockchain. Um, it's a school wide center. Uh, We have a number of activities planned for the center. Um, It is is focused on providing a way for external partners to engage with us on this in this space of emerging technologies. Uh, So internally that looks like providing experiential learning opportunities for students to interact with external partners, and also producing impactful research. So as an external partner, how would one get involved? Like, where yeah. where would we start? Well, we're going to develop a menu of ways to engage. So it's up to the external partner. So there could be, uh, we're developing an internship program where we are bringing together different resources, like a mentoring, our career services, um, and um, the internship classes all in one program. So that's one th- one way for an external part to do, partner to be involved. Uh, we're ramping up a program where students can work on projects in an extracurricular oh. fashion so where they can get paid um, outside the confines of a semester or a class, right? So it could be a short-term project or a super long-term project uh, that doesn't necessarily need to fit into a semester class. Um, we have other uh, opportunities for, we, like I said, we hope to have a menu. We're right. going to have a menu of, you know, here's, here's opportunities for class projects, capstone projects, practicum projects, uh, that sort of thing. Um, we also intend to have more events. So educating the community and learning from the community. So creating that mm-hmm. two-way communication so we can stay up to, up to date on, um, on what our students need to know and um, and what um, what we don't know, like I said, we're we're scrambling to keep up right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So would that be a facility for you know, take an organization like ours where we're we're 
we're technologists and technology is changing really quickly and we might want to bring uh, not necessarily an executive but an individual up to speed on a specific technology is that something that we could engage with the center on or would you be offering offering like certificate programs or anything like that uh sure so initially we're we're planning um for example one day events on specific topics so we'll kind of get the idea of uh of what is it that say alumni want to polish up on Mm -hmm. and then bring your friend or we'll also you know, ask our external partners if they want to send people to one day brush up on a, on a particular topic, that sort of thing. We're also um, planning to launch an executive literacy program. So this is more, okay. what we have in mind is more bespoke um, coaching and training for executives, not necessarily technology companies, but companies that aren't technology companies, but need to know what the new technology yeah. does. Right. Uh, they need, uh, they need help. Um, explain to their board what their plans are with this new technology. Right, right. It, that happens all the time where I'll be with peers that maybe aren't in technology roles or don't run technology companies, and they'll ask me to, you know, this is my favorite, tell me what AI is. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to start? Um, so I, I think a facility for doing something like that would be absolutely amazing and certainly I think would help elevate VCU in the community, you know, to to be more involved. Um, so a few more questions around that. There are some research areas that the center is going to focus on. Can you tell me a little bit yes. about that? Sure. So we're, we're in, in, in the center, we're going to launch an AI lab, which is going to be uh, focused on faculty and PhD student research, working on the cutting edge of <clears throat> uh, AI and information systems research. So that in, in terms of PhD level research, that really focuses on the um, socio-technical aspects, like how do people relate to the AI, and mm-hmm. um, how does it affect how does it affect behavior around um, well in, in different aspects? How does technology affect behavior in business? Um, there's also a, a portion of IS research called design science, which is developing solutions to business problems within context. Um, that can also be generalized to solve other problems. Mm -hmm. So that's the AI lab. So it's a place for faculty and PhD students to interact uh, and and work more as teams, perhaps, than they have in the past. We also have the isosceles lab that's led by um, Dr. Elizabeth Baker. They do undergraduate research in developing um, mobile applications for healthcare. Oh, okay. So things like managing, um, helping people manage chronic diseases for themselves or their children. So managing appointments and that sort of thing. Wow. And so she's done a great job over the years of engaging undergraduates in, uh, in, in participating in that research. I bet, I yeah. Does that partner at all with the VCU health systems or... I have no idea. Yes, she's got she's got connections over there, and uh, she's she's done um, quite a bit of research in um, in nursing informatics as well. Oh, really? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot so, going on over there. Not I just at VCU, but also across to other universities as well. Wow, wow, I had no idea. Yeah, see, I'm learning a lot here, and I spend <laughs> a lot of time with you. I'm learning a lot. Um, so, what do you perceive as the biggest challenges in establishing this center? I think uh, you know it's it, it's a, the challenges are the same as the opportunities. Um, you know, we we applied for a grant proposal this fall where we were 
um, promoting a, an idea to scale up our internship program. And mm-hmm. I found it to be, it was a great opportunity, an excuse to just meet with external partners and, hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee? I'd love to tell you about this program we're going right. to do. Can we get a letter of support? So um, the challenge is going to be getting the community, getting the word out there, right? Right. We're not doing things this way anymore. We've got a new way of doing things. We've got a new organization. So it's really, um, the challenge is going to be communicating to our um, to our partners. These are the new ways to engage with us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity. It's a great excuse to be able to send somebody an email or call them, drop them a line and say, hey, let's get together. Sure. Guess what's going on? Let me tell you all about the new things you've got going on. Sure. So will it change how, as as a business owner, I would engage with BCU to get an IS intern? It could. We, we hope to make the process easier. Okay. Really. Um, so the internship program right now, um, the way that it works is students have to, they get their internship on their own. They can use, they can leverage resources from career services um, and then they take it, they enroll in a class, they can enroll in a class and they'll get, um, so a little bit of mentoring, uh, in that class from the instructor. So it's as many as 20 students in this class with one instructor, uh, very capable instructor, but, right. <laughs> um, what we hope to do is, um, to connect more of these resources. So have, um, a list of, um, priority partners that have internship opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we have a program that students can apply for, then they get exposure to these. Op- hey, these are the opportunities you should check out. We're also going to implement a new AI class next spring, which would be like a training class before the internship. So they'll have a more specific training before right. they go into an internship. Not necessarily that the internship has to be around AI, but they will have a common training before they go in. And then uh, thirdly, to com- um, to partner the existing mentorship program with our internship class. So then they can get more one-on-one instead of one-on-twenty. Right. They'll get one-on-one mentoring experience while they're in the internship and get, uh, it'll, the idea is to enhance their experience where they can talk to their mentor, they can talk to each other, learn about what other opportunities are out there, learn about how do I interact with my supervisor, how right. do I deal, how do I interact with the, um, uh, organizational chart basically <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's you know, we're a smaller company but that's one of the challenges in bringing in interns is you really have to have a defined program and someone who can manage them um, as an intern and a lot of companies don't necessarily have that um, and i think that you could probably place more interns if if they come in with those skills where you don't yeah. you're not looking at a kid saying, okay, I, I have to tell this kid, you know, what do you wear to work? What do you, what time do you show up? Don't check your phone in meetings, you know, kind of all of the basics that yeah. you and I sure. Sure. would know. Um, so if someone is interested in, in working with VCU to get an IS intern now, how would they do it? Um, they can contact me or our business career services. Okay. Uh, my email is jpbrooks at vcu.edu. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll be happy to get you in touch with the right yeah. people. And I, I, and I, I can help um, advertise to our students. Uh, and um, yeah. yeah. And what types of work can interns do? Well, um, right now we require um, we require four 300 level IS courses before they can take the internship class. Okay. And so that typically means they have a database class, some programming, 
some systems analysis and design and a data communications class. Okay. So they have a foundation in those things. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and it's before they're typically going into the deeper dive of the senior level electives, or some of them even taking graduate classes while they're undergraduates. So the, so the idea is they've got a baseline of IS uh, knowledge, okay. and they're capable of some things. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, certainly we've, we've had interns on our help desk. That's a, a great place for interns. Um, we don't put interns on necessarily billable projects, but we can have them work on internal projects mm-hmm. where they're doing maybe some data analytics or building small mobile applications and things like that. And yeah. I, I find that that's a really great way. For us, it, it's a great way to figure out, is this person, this individual going to be a fit? And when they graduate in one or two years, you know, because we like to have our interns for sure. a couple of years, um, are we going to hire them? I f- believe, I, I would need to confirm this, but I believe we have hired 100% of the VCU interns that we've had. That's great. So, so we love them. <laughs> you know? And it's convenient for us because we're right down the street. So certainly, you know, one of the great things about VCU students, I believe, is that in a lot of cases, they're working students. You know, yeah. it, a lot of them can be um, first-time college students in their families and and we find that that actually makes for a really great employee because they're super driven yes and we need that yeah they're very responsible is what yes yes Uh, and that's been that's been a real joy as a teacher too yes they um they 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 put forth effort and then they also recognize that the that the um that they should get um, rewarded based on what the effort yeah. they put in. So. Yeah, yeah. My experience is that when they come as interns, they're really hoping to land a job later on. It's not just a check the box. I need an internship. It's okay. Let me figure out is this a place that I want to land, um, and it it's worked out really really well for us. So great. super super pleased. Um, well, that's the questions I have for you. If there are anything else you want to share about the program? Or- well, I just want to put in a plug that we're we're leveraging um, your excellent leadership as chair of the IS Advisor Thank Board you. this past year. And uh, it's based on that successful year that we're able to launch into this these new big dreams with the with the center and Thank everything. You. And so appreciate that. We um, we're really excited to con- continue working with you and leveraging your expertise. Yeah, I I. Absolutely love participating in the board. You know that. I have fun. I love technology. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. All righty.